Welcome to the Big Unlock Podcast, your leading source for insights and best practices on the digital transformation of healthcare. Join host Patty Patmanaban, CEO of Demo Consulting and best-selling author of Healthcare Digital Transformation, how consumerism, technology, and pandemic are accelerating the future in conversation with healthcare and technology leaders. This podcast is brought to you with the support of our partners, Innovacer and Powbox. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back. It is my great privilege and honor to introduce my special guest today, Ryan Younger, VP of Marketing at Virtua Health. Ryan, so good of you to join us. Welcome. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks for having me. So, Ryan, why don't you tell us a little bit about Virtua Health and your role and a little bit about the digital transformation journey at Virtua Health? Sure. We're a medium-sized health system in, in southern New Jersey. We have about 300 locations when you add up all of our hospitals, our ambulatory surgery centers, rehab, urgent care, physician offices, you know, so much more. And really at the core, we're here to help people be well, get well, and stay well. You know, that's our mission and that's, that's who we are. So you're the VP of marketing and uh, tell us a little bit about what that role entails. Sure. I feel like the VP of marketing entails a little bit of everything. Certainly within the team, we manage brand, we manage uh, creative strategy, analytics, digital. So, you know, a plethora of, of areas. And then, you know, across the organization, we're working with people on experience, on strategy, on recruitment, on philanthropy. I mean, we're supporting almost every area of operations and clinical. So it's expansive. It's, it's, uh, it's what keeps us all going here. Yeah, yeah, it does sound like a fairly comprehensive role. So how has the role evolved in the last couple of years, especially since the pandemic? And talk to us a little bit about what your priorities are for 2022. Yeah, you know, I think some of the changes that are on the horizon or that have happened during the pandemic were certainly there before. And I think people have talked about how much they got accelerated. And I think that's true. You know, we've always played a large role in in communications within an organization, with research and insights, with creative strategy and content development. I just think we continue to grow in influence in terms of, you know, how much the organization is counting now on strategy and digital health. I would say change management overall and that experience, you know, that that people have and, and how we can influence it. So a lot of functions and areas that we're influencing. And I think 2022 will be some more of that. Since I've been at Virtua for three years, one of our three strategic goals has been orienting to the consumer for the organization. That drives us, and that will definitely be here in 2022. And it it permeates a lot of different areas that I started to talk about. And you mentioned too, with with, uh, digital transformation and building that brand and content strategy. So a lot of different areas. And healthcare has never been really known as a consumer focused industry up until relatively recently. So talk to us about some of the ways in which uh, virtual health is addressing these changing expectations in a consumer driven era of healthcare. Yeah, I think it stems with that leadership understanding that 
you know, to be successful, we have to be close to the consumer. And so putting that as one of the three organizational goals, you know, helps us address changing expectations. And, you know, as I think about changing expectations, you know, of course, some of that has to do with generations, right? There's new generations accessing more and more healthcare. And I think right away to millennials, the oldest millennials have hit age 40 now. And, you know, they're caring for families, they're homeowners. You can't just use that term and say they're young people. I feel like sometimes it gets very broadly used and they think differently. I think they want things when they want it and they've got a lot of resources at their fingertips. And so they're empowered and, and, and their expectation is that they'll influence decision-making. They might not go through a primary care physician for all of their healthcare. They might be using an app or a digital mechanism or urgent care and less of that traditional relationship. And, and, you know, it's not just a millennial thing. I think that consumer push has been here for a while with people looking for convenience and access and just different expectations around having people value their time. We're all busy people. It's not just the doctor. So I think that influences a lot of different areas. Yeah. And it's interesting you talk about millennials and their preference for accessing everything through an online interface. I have heard uh, that sometimes we tend to make assumptions about other demographics, about their preference for online tools or lack of. But we've been pleasantly surprised that even older generations seem to have a liking for online interfaces through the iPad, the phone, and so on and so forth. How do you actually go about researching these preferences? Can you talk about one or two things that you've done to look at what your patient populations are specifically looking for. Sure. And I'm glad you mentioned that because it it's definitely all ages. I mean, some of the people researching their options are seniors and they're more tech savvy than they're given credit for. And so, you know, I think you were asking kind of about some of our strategies for the research. You know, we're just actively listening to our consumers at, at every phase. And one of the things that we do is we've built a community insights panel which actually now comprises over 30,000 people. And that allows us to ask them very directly about preferences, about how they feel about different services we offer or how they make decisions and what's important to them. And we tap that group a lot. And that's one tool I could, I could certainly talk about others as well. So let's drill into that a little bit. So you have the panel, they're giving you valuable feedback. And then you take that feedback and you action it through some kind of a digital health program. You call it digital marketing, digital front doors, patient engagement, patient communications. These are all different aspects of the same thing, which is really meeting the patient where they want to be met. And today is increasingly online. So how do you go about pulling a program like this together within an organization when, you know, you're in marketing, but to your earlier comment, there are other functions involved. There's a, there's a contact center maybe, or there's the IT folks, and you have to have the infrastructure in order to be able to serve the needs of your patients and be able to deliver these technology solutions, not to mention partnerships that you have to develop as well. So if you, if you can pick any one example of how you actually make these different stakeholder groups come together to align and serve the needs that are being surfaced through these panels. Yeah, you mentioned a lot of different areas. I think they're all important. You know, we try to be that that voice of the customer and talk about what we're hearing and seeing and what our customers are telling us. And so 
whether that's patients to clinicians or employees to human resources or customers to the access center, you know, all of those different areas you mentioned, I think we try to bring that message forward and really try to take some of our subjectivity out of things. And so if we're all trying to align along a particular goal, you know, we'll talk about, well, let's test what works. You know, whether you like this creative the best or this one, or whether we think this message is going to resonate or this one, we've got so many things now that allow us to test it. We can put that right into the field and we can see whether that's a, an email, a digital ad. We, we'll see what, what works and what is getting people to the action that we want. And we'll just maximize from there. And I think that's, you know, an effective way of, of aligning people. You know, we certainly have the same goal, but how we get there, I think, requires this process of bringing people along. And, and I think when you can put the needs of the customer first and make it be about the data, that's what gets us there. Just out of curiosity, and maybe our listeners will also be interested, can you share one or two nuggets of insights that uh, you've gained over the last year or so? which is driving your marketing programs, something that maybe came to you as a surprise. You talked about taking the subjectivity out of things. So when you take the subjectivity out of it, you are gonna get some surprising you know, findings from your panels and others. Can you talk about one or two interesting things that you've learned in the last year or so that you might not have otherwise thought? Yeah, there's a lot there. I guess I'll mention one, everyone knows a lot about the pandemic. So we always talk about COVID, right? It comes back to that. One of the services that we were trying to launch fairly, well, not that recently, was around the, the long haul effects that people were having. And, you know, they were being called long haulers, right? You know, people with right. long haul symptoms. And so we were developing that program. We wanted to roll it out. And so we wanted to see if people understood what it would do and how they would access it, what would make it valuable to them. And quickly, and we've learned this in some other areas, that language makes a difference. People don't want to be identified by their disease. If they're a long hauler, you know, maybe they're a person dealing with long haul symptoms. And so that became clear. And so when we named the program, we called it Care After COVID, which was just another way of looking at it. I think it's still descriptive. People didn't wonder what it was, but it looked at things a little bit differently. And so that was, you know, an example of something where we asked people and, and kind of figured out what would work best. I would say that another one would be just how we learn about behavior. I think we all know this intuitively, but one thing that we were able to test in our, our CRM system was how to get people move towards action. You know, if we could understand health services they might need, how do we connect them to those services? And what we wanted to learn was, kind of how many times would it take to communicate with them? And so we always got the best, the, the largest number of people to act upon that first time we reached out to them. But we also talk about this idea of the power of the nudge, which is if you communicate with them that second, third, fourth time, what we learned was they were four times more likely to use the service that we had intended for them to. So I think we weren't surprised that we needed to do that, but I think we learned a lot about the number of communications and the type of communications. I hope yeah. that answers the question specifically enough. It's very interesting that you touched upon is basically what you talked about is a very interdisciplinary approach. And you talked about the nudge, which is straight out of behavioral economics. You talked about consumer psychology, which is, you know, people don't want to be identified by their disease. 
And you also talked about technology, which is CRM. And I want to unpack that a little bit. Before that, I want to make a quick comment. You know, it's interesting you say people don't want to be identified by their disease. Maybe a year ago, people may not have even wanted others to know that they have COVID. But there's so many who have been touched by COVID, especially within the latest way. I personally, I came down with, uh, I tested positive around the holidays. And, you know, I'm not the only one that's... There's so many people who are out there online talking about their experience and so on and so forth. So we're now going past you know, one phase and going into the next. And really it's about supporting each other as, as a community and learning from each other's experience. This podcast is brought to you with the support of our partners, Innovacer and Powbox. So I think we're going through some phase changes as well as we go through this. I want to touch on technology, Ryan. You know, you talked about CRM. And CRM is something that a lot of health systems from our work uh, seem to be investing in. And there's a lot you can do with a, with a CRM platform, especially if you choose to invest in an enterprise class platform. So can you talk a little bit about how you're deploying CRM in general across uh, virtual health and where it fits into your digital engagement goals? Yeah, I would say one of the uh, most important areas that we're tying it to is our service line strategies. And we're kind of, we're looking at people's health propensity for different disease, whether that's heart, cancer, orthopedics, and trying to figure out then can we connect them to those services? So they might not want to hear about cancer, but they know they need to get connected early on to a mammogram. And that's the service that they should use to empower themselves to be about prevention. And, you know, unfortunately, if something does come across, at least you catch it early. Same with heart disease. Again, how do you empower people to understand that they may need this services? They may be at risk. And so we use our CRM to help us understand those propensities and to predict the types of services people will need. And that allows us, I think, to more strategically talk to them. I think we can talk to them in a more personalized way. We know who they are and what might be of most interest to them. So that service line strategy has been pretty important to us. And how do you leverage the data? And obviously the the data for building your propensity models or even identifying someone who is potentially at, at risk of a cancer diagnosis, you're obviously looking into their electronic health records. And so talk to us a little bit about how you make the connections, you know, don't have to get too specific, but really from an infrastructure standpoint, from a data and analytics standpoint, how do you drive something like this? How do you drive a service line strategy, for instance? You know, it starts certainly with talking to that clinical leadership and, you know, they know their patients best, but understanding who they need to reach and why. And as we do that, we make sure they understand that, that we've got this patient data. Now, of course, it's anonymous to us. I don't know, you know, that I'm looking at John Smith. I just know that, you know, person A has this higher propensity. And so I think what people have gotten excited about is that makes you much more proactive for how you can reach people, how you can connect with them. That technology, it's using AI technology. It's, it's much smarter than we are about how to reach people, how to identify them and make it relevant. And then the platforms, you know, can carve out those audiences They can create, you know, the right automation rules for reaching that person. And if they answer one way, then following up this way, or if they answer another way, putting them down this patient journey. And so it's just, it's powerful in how we understand people, how we can get more personalized to them. 
and how we can see how they act, you know, what's working and what's not so that, you know, we adjust that way. And, you know, we guard, you know, patient confidentiality, obviously, extremely closely in that process. Again, I don't know who you are, but I am trying to make my information much more relevant to you. I think our technology tools have really helped us with that. Well, when you talk to your peers across healthcare, what are the two or three things that you find that they're all focused on? What are going to be the big themes in 2022, you think, Ryan? I think people are definitely trying to make sure that they can be very targeted. We all know that resources are scarce, that we're going to be held accountable to do more with less. And so our ability to target and measure results, I think, is something everybody's after. Not always easy to do in healthcare, but I think we've gotten better and better at it. So I think that's a big one. And I would say that brand, for sure. I think during COVID, again, in a lot of ways, there were, people got equalized, healthcare organizations, because COVID was not necessarily seen as an expertise of one organization over another, like we've been able to do in service lines. But I think we're coming out of that. And, you know, again, people are needing all of these different areas. And so your brand and how you connect with people, we all know how important that is. But that focus, I think, is re-energized in 2022 for a lot of people. I think it's going to, you know, it's going to be more competitive and, and people are going to make choices based on brand. It's such an important uh, concept here when you talk about the brand, because we are now in a competitive landscape that is changing. You've got a lot of non-traditional players in the healthcare services space. You've got, you know, the big national retailing kind of companies. You've got digital health startups. You've even got at least one big technology firm that's trying to get into the primary care space. So when you look at traditional health systems such as yours, what do you think really differentiates in the eyes of your target population or audience when you talk about branding aspects, you know, what are the core attributes that you that you tend to focus on? Great question. I think trust always gets up there to the top for me. We want to be that trusted partner because people do have access to a lot of different information. And to your point, the amount of capital flowing into healthcare from these, you know, companies like Amazon and Apple is beyond what we've seen. And there are so many folks in that primary care market in, in that retail side. But trust is an important one. You know, we are more of a regional system. And so people tend to live and work in the same area. So we're, you know, we're amongst that community. And I think we've got a great opportunity to, to continue to build that trust. That's always big for me. I think personalization is really important, making sure that your information is relevant to the right person at the right time. So those are certainly the one or two that raise, you know, highest for me on brand, you know, certainly there are others, but those are the two I'd start with. No, I think those are certainly very, very valid uh, points that you make here. Now, you're now, you're in marketing, you're part of uh, the leadership team driving digital engagement with your patients and your consumers. When your peers come to you or they, you know, peers, your peers who are listening to this podcast may go, how do I get a seat at the table today? If they're not getting a seat at the table, so to speak, what would be your advice to them to raise the profile or the visibility of the function and to highlight the importance of the function in the new digital era that's that's upon us? Yeah, that's a great question. And I would say, you know, I think 
more and more marketing has been able to get that seat at the table. You know, I work with a lot of uh, colleagues around the country that I think are doing a fantastic job and are making a big impact on their organizations. I would say, though, for, you know, groups that are looking to be able to build that more, it's to some degree kind of leaning into that ability marketing has and always does around connecting people, whether that's within the organization. We, you know, we're influencing vision and strategy and business goals and mission. And so we can always be a connector through all of those seams. And I think what we do really well is we understand our audience, whomever it is. And so we can serve a lot of those needs and be that advocate for the consumer, you know, that that is becoming more and more empowered. I think organizations realize that and they're asking more of a question about how we connect to that community. So I think, you know, leaning into that uh, power of what we have and what we do should be able to continue to build that influence that we're looking for. In this podcast, we tend to talk a lot about technology and the technology enabled transformation of healthcare that we're going through. So from your perspective, what are the important technologies that you think are going to uh, drive the marketing function going forward? You already talked about CRM. Are there others that come to mind? I would say it's a term that can be used very broadly, but artificial intelligence in general is driving so many things. I talked about how it drove our CRM, but it drives how we think about media buying. It drives our chatbot online and how we can respond to consumers. So, you know, that's a big one, of course, that we're trying to work with. We are trying to figure out some ways to build more texting capabilities into our pockets, how that integrates with platforms, because it has become such a universal communications mechanism. And and certainly you have to be careful. Not everybody wants to be texted. So you've got to use it appropriately. But how we integrate that into our platforms is going to be important at a more you know granular tactical level. Those are a couple that jump to mind. Yeah, yeah, certainly, you know, AI and chatbots have seen significant growth in the last year and uh, everything else that you mentioned as well. Ryan, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you and uh, thank you so much for sharing some insights based on your work with your populations and uh, Uh, Look forward to a very successful year for you and everyone else at Virtual Health. And thank you once again. Well, thank you so much. It was great talking with you. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can reach us at info at thebigunlock.com with your feedback and questions. This podcast is brought to you with the support of our partners, Innovacer and Palbox.